Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyper fast. Hey guys, we got a great episode today on the Hyperfast Agent Show. In this episode, I sit down with Dominic Latella. He has built one of the biggest swim coaching businesses in the greater DC area, and we are going to discuss sales, entrepreneurship, and most importantly, how to blend your passion with a business that works and helps you serve massive amounts of clients. So stay tuned for a great show. All right, thanks for being on the show, Dominic. Before we get started, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and why you're here today? I'm here because I know you, and I work with you on your swim for your Ironman stuff, so that's why I'm here. Other than that, I'm not really sure what we're going to talk about, but I'm excited to just hang out and talk. It seems like now, at least for me, most of my conversations with people outside of what I do take place over podcasts. So, and what I do is I'm the owner of Swimbox, a swim lesson facility. Uh, we have a location in Sterling, Virginia, and Arlington now recently opened two weeks ago. So it's, uh, it's been a crazy last couple of months to try to get that open and push to do that. So I've been, what, running Swimbox now for just coming up on five years in July. It'll be five years. Uh, before that, I've been... Uh, basically a swim coach for my entire career. So for 15 years I've been coaching and have decided that I can do two things. I can be an entrepreneur and I can be a swim coach. I don't need to just be one thing. And I, I think I've always been that way, honestly. So yeah, I mean, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I mean, there's not much behind that. Yeah, no, that, I'm, I'm excited to have you on. You're one of like the first non-real estate, non like important, not, not important, <laughs> but just non, you know, we mostly have agents, coaches. So this is a new, new, uh, type of addition to the show, but yeah, we're obviously not going to teach real estate agents how to swim on this right. episode. Right. But you guys, I think there's a ton that you do on the entrepreneur side that our listeners can yeah. learn from like the marketing you know, we'll get into that, like the Instagram, what you guys do on, on your own YouTube podcasts, yep. email marketing, the just overall client satisfaction, because you guys like have a, a demand problem, like you have too much of yeah. demand, yeah. right? So your, your, your main gap is like finding more people to service the demand and, and, right. and expanding. And I know... A couple of years ago, you switched to the membership model, which is is pretty cool. So that well, that was inspired by you. So <laughs> partially, like, partially inspired I like to take by you. Full credit, I think <laughs> you I could think. take full credit. It's fine. I don't mind. I'll give you full credit. Yeah. I figured it out. But you had the sort of the spark. I was like playing. I remember toying with the idea, and actually, it probably would have been roughly two years from around now because we were in the Bahamas then. Yeah, two years ago in in, yeah. in Hope Town, and you were like what about a membership? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know how that could work. And I sat there for like the last, the next two weeks where I figured it out. So yeah, I'll give you some credit for that. <laughs> Absolutely. I think one of the things 
that is always surprising to me business-wise for what we do, swimming. Most people always think, how can you even make money for something like that? And it's just a reminder that you cannot predict what people are looking for. And so you kind of just have to do what you do best. And the people that connect with that are going to find you. Obviously, you put it out there over marketing and things like that. But you can't try to be someone else. You can't try to be something that you're not. And the very first thing I ever tried doing entrepreneur-wise was actually tried to create a, like a, I don't want to call it an energy bar, but a bar to consume for endurance athletes. And I failed miserably, terribly. I mean, sucked awfully at it. But the one thing I learned was from this, this lady who I reached out to who owned a branding and marketing company in Manhattan. And she took the time out of her very busy schedule to just talk to me over the phone and say, hey, be what you are. If you're just one person running an operation, don't make it look like you're something bigger than you really are. People will appreciate the authenticity of it. And that has stuck with me. That's been, what, probably over a decade now that that I kind of came to that. So that has stuck with me ever since. And it, it, it makes us stay true to ourselves and say, well, like we were just talking right before we started recording about Instagram and how we have stalled out on our Instagram numbers at like 16,000 people, all right? First of all, I was shocked to ever get past 2,000 people. It was completely shocking to see it grow and grow and grow and grow. And I was like, okay, well, we'll just keep doing what we're doing because it's who we are. And all we do is try to inform people. And if people want that information, they can come and they'll find us. And apparently they did. At least 16,000 people did. <laughs> right? And then it stopped. <laughs> and then it stopped. And that's okay. Because I didn't expect more than that anyway. So we're just going to keep doing our thing. Obviously, maybe the information isn't connecting as it used to. So maybe we need to go back and make sure that we're, we're writing a clear message and, and consistent with our message. But beyond that, I don't have plans to just throw in the towel and say, fine, I'm going to start posting memes. No offense. <laughs> right? But that's not what we do on our, our Instagram. We, we don't do that. So why would we start now just to get followers? I don't think that's the way that I want to operate as an entrepreneur or a business owner. I want, I think from the very beginning, it has always been to inform people. So that's what my Instagram channel was initially, and that's what it is going to remain to the day that it dwindles down to just one follower. It'd probably be just me left following <laughs> my own channel. So. so, so what happened with the energy bar? There's a lot, a lot of good stuff there that we can uh, dive into, but Man. failure, I think, is what really makes entrepreneurs become Absolutely. successful eventually. And like you have to go through that, yeah, in some shape or form. You know, you might not have to fail at what you ultimately succeed at, but most entrepreneurs fail at something first, and that shapes. I agree the success that they later yeah. have. I've never, and I say this all the time, I have never gained success in anything without failing first. And that's on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, so the bar really just, I, I was not diligent with research. I wasn't diligent with negotiating prices. I just accepted everything as it was. and was like, okay, that sounds good. Okay, that works. I didn't fight for anything. I didn't like question anything. Um, and I think part of it was because I was inexperienced and I didn't have the confidence in myself. But at the same time, I 
just spent money on things that made me look bigger than what I really was. I spent too much time on that and not enough time on the actual product and not enough time on actually kind of coming together with what that product was meant to fill, that gap in the market. And so I just kind of thought, oh, if I had nice looking branding, that would work. Well, it was obviously very naive of me, um, but it was just overspending, not really knowing the market that I was getting into, and then just not necessarily being a business person. You know, like I didn't really operate like a someone that wanted to make money. I operated like someone that wanted to get something done. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like a fine line. I think the, you know, interesting point there too, is something that a lot of solo real estate agents struggle with is the point about not pretending to be bigger than you are. And a lot of, a lot of solo agents and people that are just starting out, you know, you might be competing against an experienced agent or team like us and you need to embrace like who you authentically are and, and communicate that to the client as an advantage. Like right. the way to beat me or our team in a listing appointment is to go in and say like, look, I don't have a lot of clients. I don't have as many as, as Dan and Carrie. Right. But you're going to get me all in. Like they could screw up this listing and still have a track record of seven other homes that they sold this year. <laughs> They're going to be okay. But if, if I mess up like one of a couple, like I may be out of business. So you're going to get me and I'm going to be all in. And, and right. Like that's, that's how you do it. Like embrace, embrace yeah. where you are. And I think I got into that energy bar stuff for the wrong reasons. I got into it because I thought, it was a good business to get into, not because I was necessarily passionate about it or that I had a particular point of view that was you know, different than the rest of the point of views. And that's where like, I've always been a swim coach my full career. And so getting into the swimming business was something I was very passionate about and I could be my authentic self about. Uh, and just the other day, one of my new clients said, oh, I always hear how you're the man, you're going to teach me how to swim. I've tried to learn how to swim from several different people, but I always am told you're the guy that's going to do it because you know better than everyone else and you're an expert. And I said, well, I don't know better than everyone else. What makes me different is I can connect with you. I only look to connect with my clients because then I can understand what it is I need them to, to take away from every sort of lesson or experience we have together. If I can get into the head of that individual client, then I know I'm going to teach them the thing they want to learn because then I can know how to say things. I know how to like interact with them, but I couldn't have done that without taking a step back and saying, Hey, who you are, Dominic is someone that cares and I'm going to care more than any other swim coach out there. And I could say that's the same for any real estate agent as well. Right? So let's, let's set some context to this like you said swimbox started five years ago and Mm -hmm. um and and for those of you don't know what the swimbox and and hopefully i'm describing it right maybe i'll stop you if you're not christian (laughs) christian can throw up some some b-roll of of people swimming in the swimbox to understand but you know you 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 have this box literally this box i think it's endless pools it's endless pools yeah yeah so you can dial up the current you know if you want to swim a 100 30 or yeah 130 uh one second. 100 one minute and 30 second pace that's what yeah. you're trying to say <laughs> yeah if, if you want to swim that pace you dial the current up to that and, and, and that allows you as the teacher to you know 
watch them from multiple angles. You got mirrors on the bottom, the top. You can stick a camera under you there. Film a lot, yeah. And uh, you you can have them swim for a minute, and then watch replay, give instant feedback, and it's just you can't replicate that in a pool. And, and pool right. time is hard and all that. So Swimbox right. kind of solves that that issue. Uh, so it's been it's been five years of Swimbox. How long have you been coaching though? Overall, I've been fifteen years. Okay, and what was what was your coaching? Like, how did you get into coaching before? So in college, I had to have surgery on both of my shoulders because of swimming. And it could have been prevented. And I know that now, and I knew that right after college. And it could have been prevented through better knowledge from my coaches, uh, knowledge of technique and movement. And so I decided that I was going to go into coaching to make sure that whatever happened to me wasn't going to happen to anyone else. And I was going to try to help anybody that wanted to swim whether it's swim faster or just learn how to swim or if it's swim with a new injury even to the extent of if a new limb has been removed or a limb has been not new limb a limb has been removed i'm going to help those people and so i made that my coaching mission statement and i think it's important for everyone to have sort of a personal mission statement whether it's it's for business or for themselves because it just reminds you of why you're doing what you're doing because I know for a fact you're going to wake up in a mor- on a morning and not want to go do your job. You're going to be tired. You're going to feel beaten down. You're going to feel completely drained, and you're going to be like, why am I getting up to go show this house? I don't really care. Well, remind yourself of the reason why you, what your mission is, and it, it instantly sparks you to go, because I'm going to make sure whatever my mission statement is, is fulfilled. And so that was the start of my coaching career. I started right out of college, um, basically took a month off after college. I moved down to the Bahamas, coached down there for two years. That's why we take the training trip down there. And then I moved up to this area, and it was a little rough at first. I did not like it here at first. I thought that it was crazy. I had to get in a car to go everywhere. I just was (laughs) not used to that. And I was like, this is not going to be for me. And then I started to realize that once I was in one place for an extended period of time, that I had a reputation and then I had a following. And then I could actually build off of that following and build a business and build something great. This, this so, was before you were swim boxed. Yes, coach, this is well before okay. that. And so at some point, I was offered a dream job in Manhattan and I took that dream job. And it was a coaching job up there at Asphalt Green. And I loved it. I loved every aspect of it. I thought it was great. I could have lived there indefinitely. But I moved back down because I was trying to save my former marriage. And that's when things got really interesting. And it was that sort of adversity that I think got me to this point was because I moved back down without any plans. I did not know what I was going to do for a job. I just moved back down to try to save that marriage. Turned out, didn't work. However, (laughs) what did work for the best that didn't work, what did work was this idea that I had in Manhattan, which was, I wonder if I can create a swim school and have people interested in something like private swim lessons. Because I knew in Manhattan, there is a culture for private lessons. You want to learn anything there, you take a private lesson. You want to learn better math skills, take a private lesson. You want to learn violin, take a lesson. You want to learn how to swim better, take a private lesson. I wasn't sure that same culture existed here in Northern Virginia. So I did some light market testing in a way that I learned how to do it, which was start small, always make money. All right. You don't have to make a lot of money, but if you're going to spend your time doing something, try to make money doing it. 
So I was just doing private swim lessons out of a rec center. And then all of a sudden, I just got so busy with private lessons, I had to back off my like other coaching duties. And all of a sudden, I was like, wait, I can charge more money. I'm so busy. I need to charge more money. I started charging more money. And then I started to save that money, and I put it towards opening the first location. Now we're on our technically our third location, but down to two now. So it's a long process, but I think it's also a lot going on that from the outside, you say, oh, we've been open for five years. Well, it took me probably like 10 years to get to that point. And yeah. maybe, I think it was probably like three years from the idea or the concept of Swimbox before it was actually, it came to fruition. So, No, I think you see that a lot. Like people that, you know, if it looks like they had success quickly, like mm-hmm. they spent five or 10 years, maybe not in the exact uh, format, but in some other area, they, there was a problem they were, they were struggling with or adversity they were going through, either personal or professional or all the above. And right. Like right. That, that, that struggle, you know, in those areas often leads to quicker success in the area you eventually do. Right. Succeed it's just in. that it's that fail thing, right? You go, oh, I, I'm going to move back down here, and I don't have any options. I got to f- make options now, and and now I'm of the mindset that I would never work for anyone ever again because I will always make an option for myself, no matter what happens. So, yeah, the the other cool part of your story really is seeing the connection of passion on one hand and entrepreneurship business skills on the other because a lot of a lot of people struggle with that balance and like there are very I've had tons of different you know fitness triathlon running swim coaches and there's like tons of people that have the skill the passion they're they're good at it but then like most of them are terrible at the business side like yeah like terrible and they never quite figure that out and they never can really expand it or grow it. Yeah, I got. I became aware of that concept through the E Myth. Have you ever read that book? Yeah, Michael Gerber. Yeah, right. Where he was talking about clinicians aren't always good business people, and that's so true. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. And I, I, per- I perceive myself as a clinician that needs to learn more about business, and so. That's what I've been doing for the last five years, just learning as much as I can about business and applying what I can, when I can, where I can. And I fail sometimes, and sometimes I don't. I think uh, one of my biggest failures with Swimbox was I was trying to introduce in the membership the uh, people wearing whoop straps. All right? Do you know what a whoop strap is? Yeah, it's like it's it's a a, advanced yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's, it's, what is it? it's a wearable that tracks HRV and all those things. And I thought, oh, this is such a cool device. It can really help my membership clients. I'll be able to track what they're doing. I'll be able to see how hard they're working, when they're working, how well they're sleeping, when they're consuming too much alcohol. I'll be able to adjust my my, my lessons based on whoop, their... Whoop knows if you drink alcohol? Yeah. How, how, how the hell does it do that? HRV. So okay. <laughs> it doesn't outright say, oh, you must have had a drink. Yeah, but what's, what's HRV? Some heart rate. It's your heart rate availability. Okay. So it's a measurement basically of how inflamed your sort of veins become. Okay. So it's a weird measurement. And it's so all does done. my Garmin tell me that? It might. Yeah. It should. If it's a good Garmin, it should, which I only expect the best from you. Right. So, <laughs> but yeah, if you have a drink, your HRV will just plummet it will be terrible so you can start kind of picking up those trends in your clients and i thought oh this would be such a cool thing and so i dropped like 
almost 10 grand on them. I bought a whole bunch of them, like in preparation. And then it didn't work so well. Like people wouldn't wear them, they would fall off in the pool, you know, they would break easily. Well, yeah, because at, at, by the time you were like got around to you, it was like, this isn't worth it. This isn't yeah. this isn't helping at all. But before I could actually try to get some money recouped, they changed their model. So now they have a membership model where before it was just you bought one and you got to use all these different features. And now you have to become a member of theirs to use these features. And all my whoops are basically pointless. Right. Help help to build someone else's right. so it's like, platform. And so I've I've learned a, a couple of things, obviously, but the most important thing I learned from that was technology can never be the answer. It can't be what drives business necessarily. All right. It can be a tool to be used to support, but it can't be a driving force. And it's kind of funny that I learned that lesson because I also just finished rereading Good to Great, Jim Collins. Yep. I love this is like the third time that I read it. And for whatever reason, I well, I know the reason now because I've done something to to make a mistake that he talks about making, which is not relying on technology to grow your business to greatness. So that's where I'm at with that now, right? So it's like uh, all these there's so many good books written out there that we can kind of read over and over and over and over again and pick up from like the E Myth and Jim Collins, good to great, things like that. So are you a real estate agent looking to grow your business in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area? The Kerry Shell and Orange Line Living Team is looking for talented, motivated people who want to be a part of a collaborative and competitive team poised to become number one in the world by 2021. Our new agents have success at a rate that is nearly nine times the industry average, and our experienced agents average over $252,000 a year. Our industry-leading lead generation, training, and support systems put our agents in the best possible position for success. If you want to work hard, serve more clients, have fun and make more money and call us today at 703-661-9756 or go to kerryshellcareers.com yeah i think i mean another like just key lesson from uh, i've seen from you is this this you've got the passion for it obviously very very good at that so you that provides great service to your clients which right. creates the demand Right, it creates the line at your door, but unless you have the business side of it, right, this w- this will eventually fail because you're either gonna not be able to deliver or not be able to scale to deliver. So, two years ago, you switched to the membership model, which I think right. has helped. You've added new locations. Now you've got the challenge of recruiting instructors, which correct? we solved, by the way. So, so which you have more the on stupidest the, way? the stupidest solution ever. I could not believe this worked. All we did was put a job posting page on our website. How simple is that? I was like racking my brain for like the most complicated ways to find what instructors. Were you like doing LinkedIn, Craigslist, yeah, like LinkedIn, ads. running ads. Yeah. Not Craigslist. I just don't trust Craigslist. I don't know who uses Craigslist anymore. <laughs> we've we've gotten quite a bit of people. <laughs> this is great. That's crazy. It's great. Awesome. Good for you. If you're, if you're a realtor, use use Craigslist for job ads. But, <laughs> but put it on your website too. Put your positions. Yeah. Even if you're not necessarily hiring yet, like develop the bench and the and the and Yeah, the, and that's and what the, it was. It was it was almost know, an line. experiment. We didn't yeah. know if that was going to work. We were like, well, it doesn't cost us anything to put another page on our website. Let's just put it up there. It worked with other things. Let's just put it up there. Uh, the first three weeks that we had it up, we had two inquiries from people that wanted to instruct for us, and we've hired them both. They were both top notch. So 
I was trying to like figure out the most complicated way, but sometimes it's the simplest thing. It's that really obvious thing that staring you in the face that you don't see, and you go, "Well, let's just try it." What do you, What do you think the key will be to like you know bringing on new instructors and then having them have the same passion, commitment, care for the client as you? Like, how do you transfer so, that? So go, going back to good to great, right? You can't teach discipline. Right, same thing. You can't teach passion. You have to hire discipline and passion. So, we've come up with a lot of different questions during interviews. Like what? It's weird because it usually pertains to swimming, right? Right. But we usually ask about you know if they have a personal mission statement. I would say the last six interviews we've had, none of them have a mission statement. Yeah, which it's I, like I don't. Why, think why would I have a mission that. statement? Right. Well, you should. Right, that's what's going to get you motivated on those hard times. Um, we ask things like sort of their work habits, what they do on their spare time. That's a usually good indication. And I've even gone far to ask people what their parents do for a living. If someone grew up on a farm, more than likely they're going to have a really good work ethic. Right, they're going to be very dedicated people usually. So it's like trying to find out more about them to say, well, are there things that they're showing? stereotypically showing that would lead to me believing they have passion and, you know, are just disciplined people. What do, what do you look for in the, uh, like, what do you do in your spare time? Like, that, like what kind of answers do you get and <laughs> what are you looking for? I'm looking, personally, I'm looking for people that on, in their spare time don't destroy themselves. I don't want to hear, oh, in my spare time, I get wasted, and then I spend my day off completely hungover. And I mean, No one's going to say that in a job interview, right? Oh, you'd be surprised. Really? Well, you can also tell. You can tell yeah. when someone's like trying to think of a way to say it in a way that doesn't sound terrible. Like, oh, yeah, I go out with my friends every once in a while. Okay, well, when you go out with your friends, what do you do? You just keep asking questions, and you'll get to the bottom of it. You'll, you'll eventually get there. So the skill of asking questions is very important in general, but it's also very important in understanding if someone is going to be passionate, if someone is going to have dedication and, and discipline. Yeah. So No, that's, I mean, there's there's a lot of, I guess there's examples of things that are destructive, then there's probably examples of things that are just time wasters, and like, I get asked right. a lot of times, how do you run multiple business, three kids, train yeah. for an Iron Man, and I looked up the other day, average adult American spends 35.6 hours a week watching TV. Yeah. Which is like a whole nother work week. Yeah. Which is like insane. You have two jobs. Sit on your ass and watch TV and do your day nine to five. That's two jobs, basically. Yeah. Which, no, I, I, I agree with That's a great question. We're, we're going to add that if we don't yeah. add that. And you, know, like if, you, 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 you want to look for someone that's like, well, I volunteer here or I train for this or I. My favorite you know, question or answer. Stuff that they're investing is, in themselves. I like to play board games. If someone says they play board games, you're good with me because that means you're doing some thinking, you're figuring out problems, you're enjoying yourself, and you're spending time with people. That's really important. Like People that want to spend time with other people are the type of people I want to hire because that means that they're going to feel connected with their clients. They're going to want to be connected with us, and they're not going to try to hide. They're not going to try to like, you know, have two different lives. So I like the answer of I play board games. And also, one of the things that we do at Swimbox, because the way it, it works or functions, it can be very solitary, right? It's one instructor, one client. A lot of times, people are there by themselves. You know that because you come in and you always ask where Alyssa is, my lovely wife, <laughs> who owns the business with me, and she's never there when you're there. 
So I'm always there. What, with is, you. what does she do? <laughs> she works from home, apparently. She's going to listen to this and I'm going to get hit probably. <laughs> but it's, it's, I think, can be a very solitary lifestyle to sometimes coach privately like that. So we are trying to build in one Wednesday a month where we go and play board games together because it's an opportunity to understand how each other thinks and make decisions and to also give each other a hard time, but in a playful, meaningful way. That's not like, why does he always take the shit out on me? You know, where I can make fun of someone for something they did at a board game and it's not consequential to anything. Make sense? Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's building the culture, team building. I, yeah. I love it. Let's, before we wrap up, let's switch to the marketing yeah. side. Cause, Cause you guys, you know, for the average, athletic training you know industry like you guys do some pretty cool stuff on on marketing now yeah uh, instagram's your your biggest focus right yep so we focus a lot on instagram only because of the ease for what we do it's very visual uh so it's easy to put those visuals up on instagram and then you know talk about what they are and what's what's the account it's uh, at the handles at it should be swim, swim underscore box swim underscore box if you're listening uh, yeah on instagram whether you're a swimmer or not whether you follow us or not, go check it out, and you can at least see what we're doing and get an understanding. And I, I can see how what we do can definitely cross over to other industries. Like I said before, we're trying to inform people. We're not necessarily just trying to get likes. If we get likes, great. If not, okay, whatever. We put our information out there, and if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. And what, what did you guys do to grow it? Like, how did you start it, and what? describe the growth uh, of that? The growth, it... it it's one of those things where when you first start and you look at everything else around, like you look at um, some other Instagram account that has like, you know, 10,000 followers, you're like, how do they get there? There's no way. There's no way they did that organically. They had somebody help. They, they're, they're, they're buying their likes or whatever, right? Well, turns out you can get there organically because that's what we did. All we did was have a formula. Our formula was we're going to film a snippet of every lesson or just about mostly two or three lessons in a day because um, we typically do like 16 lessons in a day. My, my last one wasn't put on the gram. No, it was disappointing, Well, Lissa. maybe if Lissa shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and so we tried to say, okay, here's our formula. We're going to take a picture or a short video and we're going to explain why we're doing what we're doing and how we're doing it. And then we just stayed true to that and all of a sudden people started to message us and say, oh, your tips are helping me achieve my goal, and that's you know all we want to do. So we just stay focused. I think we just stay true to what we want to do and not try to be like a clever fox and do all these little different things here and there. And I think it just keeps us authentic. And the same thing, what, one of the things that we've done is create some content for bigger, well, at that time, bigger accounts like uh, endless pools themselves, since we use their product, we had a nice, a great relationship with them where we would make videos for them and they would put it on their Instagram, they would put it on their YouTube and we would gain some additional followers that way. Um, but really what we try to do, whatever we produce content wise, we funnel it through all of our different uh, media content. So for instance, if we do a podcast, Lisa will do She'll write up sort of the notes of the podcast so it can become a blog post now. There's the video of the podcast on YouTube, and there's also the audio version. So now we've generated a, a blog post, 
YouTube video and audio that we can always refer to and always link to in different social media aspects. So I don't necessarily believe people will follow social media to social media. So if you follow us on Facebook and we put something out there on Facebook to say, oh, go check out our Instagram account, I don't necessarily believe that's going to convert into someone following us on Instagram and Facebook. But we put it out there. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't know. I don't know the science behind it, but I don't see a lot of turnover from that type of thing. But it's content that is king in that the more consistent you are putting content out, like for instance, like I said, we did two to three uh, posts per lesson or per day. So we can consistently be posting. So people knew that it was an active account. And it's the same thing with podcasts. I don't know if you've experienced this at all, but if you take a break for two weeks, you're sort of audience dwindles have have we ever taken a break christian no don't take breaks (laughs) always produce content we're we're always yeah two to three episodes a week that's awesome so it's just it's just a matter of being consistent i think consistency actually plays a huge role in gaining followers you can't piecemeal it or half-ass it if you're gonna go in you gotta go in no a lot a lot of good stuff there like you gotta be consistent repurpose it for multiple platforms as much as you can. And then the other thing is just, just focus on documenting and, and teaching. Like that's, yeah, he talks a lot about that. Like, and you know, this applies to real estate agents. If you just document yourself, your typical day or yeah. what it takes to help a buyer get from the initial meeting to closing, what it takes to initial There's, meeting to, to uh, getting sold for a seller and yeah. document that stuff and provide education along the way. It's going to, get you in front of more buyers and sellers like yeah. same same concept part of being a teacher of any kind is repetition as well and i think that's where a lot of people stall out on social media because they feel like they're going to be repetitive because oh i gotta make another post about whatever it's the same thing that i posted about last week but that's life it's repetition i would say in my previous marriage i bought a townhouse with that person well I don't know how it's been so long since then. I wouldn't know how to go through the process of buying another one. So just because I've done it once doesn't mean I know the process. And I think it's it's a point of if someone was informing me through repetition, I would know it. Does that right. make sense? So I would also suggest people don't be afraid to repeat themselves. Maybe you change yeah. the way you phrase it, but don't be afraid to repeat yourself. I repeat myself every day. You need no. As a, social media posts do not last long. I mean, a, 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 a blog or a YouTube or a podcast are kind of long lived. Everything else, yeah, it's like the lifespan is like from fourteen minutes to a tweet to like twenty four hours for Instagram. It's it's like gone, gone. So you need to repeat, repeat, repeat. And it's repeat. it's hard. I think on the individual posting because it's fresh in their mind. And so they don't have the same perspective as the audience. They have a different perspective. And so they think the audience is going to sort of revolt if you repeat things, but they're too busy sitting on their couch for 36 hours a day to (laughs) a week, a week, week, sorry, 36 hours hours a lot for one day. (laughs) That would be more than a day, a week to, to, to remember these things or to take note of these things. And, what, a couple of years, a couple of years ago, probably like five years ago, I got really into Reddit. I really enjoy Reddit as a social media platform. Oh, yeah. I yeah. really enjoy it, actually. I don't really post on it. I lurk, right? But it used to really piss me off when people would repost things. And then I realized, oh, 
not everyone is on here every single day. Not everyone is paying attention to the same things I'm paying attention to at this time. Yeah. So it's almost like a rerun of a TV show. So it's like, oh, I remember when I was a kid and I didn't have a DVR. I, if I caught a rerun that I didn't see previously, it was like the best. Or if I caught a rerun that I really liked, it was even better. Well, repeating your posts is also the same thing. Repeating your content, it's the same thing. So don't be afraid of it. Yeah. It's easy. No, I mean, yeah. It really is People need to hear it over and over again. There is no secret. And they might not be on Instagram on Mondays or Tuesdays, right? right? So there's there's nothing wrong with it. The only platform I've struggled with, with is Twitter. I, I cannot get a handle on Twitter. It's 14, 14 minutes. It's the just average lifespan of a tweet. It's just, minutes. for me, I can't be on it as much. Yeah. In addition to that, I think the atmosphere of Twitter is very political. And I've got, I'm talking about swimming. You know, right. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not talking about politics. And so connect, we don't really connect, seem to connect, connect with the same swimming right to, people. to Trump or Hillary. Or <laughs> I try, I try <laughs> to. Somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll work on that. Um, so, like, that's been the only obstacle as far as social media, I feel like. And maybe we need to run more ads for our YouTube and things like that. Like, we've gotten some really nice comments on YouTube, which is bizarre considering it's the Wild West. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think more people could actually, in, in a lot of different industries, could benefit from more YouTube ads because the... the the Facebook Instagram platform is a lot easier to run ads on yeah. if, if you haven't done it before. So I think more people are just more comfortable doing it there. Okay. So I think over on, on the YouTube side of it, there's just more of an opportunity because less people are, are playing in it. Yeah, I, it would make sense. We get some good viewership numbers on YouTube, but some of our comments are like, this, this video should have a million views. This is a great video. But for whatever reason, there's no traction. And it's, it's, I have to assume it's partly their sort of, what am I blinking on here? Algorithm. Algorithm. Yeah. That's the word. That's why I keep you around, Dan. So that algorithm where, you know, for whatever reason, it's just not getting traction. So maybe you need to run more ads on YouTube to gain that traction. But it's something like we're trying to work our way through. We're figuring it out. Nothing's ever solved completely. Everything always needs to be reevaluated in my opinion i don't think there's ever a definitive answer on these things does that make sense yeah well let's let's wrap up with the hyper fast round oh god if you're okay. ready this you know this is the first this is like the first time we've done the hyper fast round with a non real estate person does this mean i'm going to like completely fail <laughs> it's just just a quick okay quick questions quick answers are you ready i'll try to be quick what is the biggest business mistake you've ever made. That's a good one. The biggest mistake I ever made was not defining expectations in contracts with contractors, which sounds vague because <laughs> it is vague. But you mean people building stuff? Building stuff right. for us, like not setting time, time periods or deadlines, not having the expectation of what needs to be done when, and how quickly it needs to be done, and putting our foot down with that. I think that was one of the biggest mistakes that we've learned from. Uh, just because as we open more and more locations, we're, we're going to have to be more and more strict about these things. So it costs us time and money to, to not be strict about it. What's been your biggest marketing success? 
there was a controversial Instagram post. Controversial not because of anything I perceive to be controversial, but we had a picture of a young lady swimming butterfly from above, and I had a parachute on her head. There's a swimming parachute, all right? And I know you've swum with me pulling on your head before, but if people don't understand what they're seeing, they think it's bad. And there was a lack of understanding, but it went viral because so many people commented on it, and actually some people really liked it. So it went viral, and all of a sudden we had all these followers one day. And we were like, whoa, how did that happen? So the butterfly parachute yeah. picture. Yeah. What's your biggest piece of advice for an entrepreneur or salesperson starting out? Grind. It's going to suck. You're going to fail. You're going to be told no. Accept it. You know, the faster you can pick yourself up and move forward, the more successful you're going to be. It's those who fail and stay down that fail completely. So expect to fail. Pick yourself up. Move on. All right. Great stuff. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. It's been a pleasure being on. <laughs> if people want to get in touch with you or follow you on social media, what's, what's the best way for people so to get in touch? So they can find us on Instagram, uh, swim underscore box on Instagram. If you just Google Swimbox, you're going to find us. But if people want to reach out to me directly, I always give up my email address on our podcast. So I'll give it out here, too. It's Dominic, D-O-M-I-N-I-C, at theswimbox.com. Swimbox.com was already taken by somebody, unfortunately. And the website is? Theswimbox.com. Theswimbox.com. All right. Well, thanks for being on the Hyperfast Agent Show. I'll see Thank you, you next for having time. Me. Yeah. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.